right, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, this is The Books and Stuff. I am Zach, and with me is... Danielle, and we have a special guest with us today. We have Savannah from Riveting Reads, and we're going to let her tell you where you can find her and everything. And also, this is just going to kind of be like a Q&A. We're going to talk all things Bookstagram, Booktube, and Savannah. So tell us where they can find you and everything. Hi. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me on here. Um, you can find me on YouTube, Riveting Reads, and on Instagram, Riveting.Reads. And I really honestly only read thriller and horror books. I'm not very diverse in my reading in that way. I just have my genres that I stick to. Um, but those are my those are my favorites. So that's what I review on my platforms. <laughs> Yeah, that was technically going to be one of the questions. We knew the answer to it, but um, yeah, we're all thriller and horror fans here, so it's great. And usually we start off with what we're currently reading, but first, before we get into that, don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to and follow Savannah, and we'll have all of her information linked down below in the show notes. And do you want to kick off what you're currently reading? Because everyone knows that I'm still not reading. (laughs) (laughs) is public knowledge. Um, <laughs> so with the hindsight of Zocktober approaching, I have basically determined myself to try and read as many goosebumps as possible. So I'm currently reading Attack of the Jack-O-Lanterns by, of course, R.L. Stein. Um, it is Goosebumps number 48. And so far, all that has really happened is the characters have pretty much said that the two kids that bully them on Halloween basically have avoided being pranked for the past two years and they're like, we're going to get them this year. So, and if this is, I don't even like remember the episode that well, but if this is like the episode, then it's going to have a really weird twist to the end. But I don't know. Uh, Some of them have been different than the TV show. So, well, you were reading this one specifically for like a Halloween video. Well, yeah. So not only am I trying to read all the goosebumps, one through 62 for just reading it, but also because obviously it's goosebumps. They're all pretty much like child horror stuff. So it's going to have a big issue with uh, not issue. I can't talk. It's going to have a big like thing with, you know, Zocktober and like horror books and stuff like that. Do you so, want to mention what Zocktober is in case there's a new listener? Uh, yeah. So if you don't know what Zocktober is last year, what I did is um, kind of like vlogmas with certain people, um, where they post a video a day. I did that for October and all we did was slap a Z in front of it and made it Zocktober. Um, you posted 31 horror videos, yeah, in a row. 31 horror videos. Um, they weren't, all, they weren't all gems, but I got 31 <laughs> of them done. So leave me alone. Um, so this year we are trying to do the same thing. Um, we definitely need to start recording a little bit more, but you're basically reading research though. Yeah. That's pretty much how we're viewing it at this point is me reading is basically causing videos to happen, I guess is what we'll say. And what are you currently reading? So I'm not currently reading anything because I literally just finished just like mother by Anne Heltzel. And I am reading this for the Talk Bookish uh, podcast, which I'll actually be on um, with Gwen as the co-host or as that as the host. I will be the co-host. But yeah, I will be on that podcast. And this one is about a woman who escaped a cult when she was younger. 
And she was really close with her cousin when she was in the cult. But since she was adopted, she lost touch with her and has no idea where she went. And in the present, she reconnects with her. She finds her on this DNA website. And it's about their relationship. And her cousin owns this business with like reborn dolls, I believe they're called. And so it kind of has a creepy doll element to it. So I just finished that. Another cult book? Another cult book. Oh my gosh, I could not. (laughs) Yeah, cult books, I have a weird relationship with them because I feel like I'm always so drawn to them. But Mm -hmm. when I actually read them, they feel very slow burn to me in a way that doesn't always translate to books well. I love a cult movie, but the unsettling nature in books sometimes doesn't translate. So, yeah. So he was talking about October and what he's doing in October and you are running like 24 readathons in October. So did you want to tell us about that? And also how are you going to do all of that? And maybe like tease a couple books you might be reading for those. Yeah. So I'm hosting. Well, I keep saying hosting. I'm sorry. I'm co-hosting. Um, Two readathons, so Halloween weekend readathon, which will be taking place for the whole month of October, but we'll be doing it from Thursday to Sunday. So we're considering that a weekend. And there are five different prompts for that. And basically, the goal is to read a book per weekend. You don't have to, but it's the goal. I'm going to try my hardest too. However, my life is very busy on weekends because I work a coffee shop job and coffee on weekends is popping. Like people are there. (laughs) They need their coffee. Um, So that is happening the whole month. And we have an Instagram for that. And then I am also co-hosting Stabathon, which is a week long scream inspired readathon. Lots of fun. How am I going to do it? I don't know. I will be doing it. (laughs) I'm very excited. Um, I think it's just going to take a lot of organization I still need to kind of sit down and plan my TBRs because for the week of Stabathon, it will kind of run into one of the Halloween readathons or one of the Halloween weekends, I guess. So it'll be like an overlap there. So I'll probably try to match up a prompt for that. Gotcha. Yeah, I was I watched your videos of uh, like announcing mm-hmm. the readathons and you've got a lot going on, girl. <laughs> I know October is like my busiest month and I always feel like it's a busy month just in general, like October for everyone. You're kind of gearing up for the holidays and stuff like school picks up and you're planning Thanksgiving a little bit and traveling plans. I know my husband and I are actually going to fly to Texas to see his family. And so we're, we've been planning that and yeah, there's a lot going on, but it's exciting stuff. Yeah, it is. I wish that October wasn't didn't have to be so busy because it's spooky season. Like all I want to do is like read books and everything, but yeah. um, Yeah. The last three months of the year, just like fly by and it feels never ending at the same time. For us, it's like October's anniversary. My birthday is November and then there's Christmas. So it's like end of the year is like crazy. And there's Thanksgiving. There's all this other stuff going on in the last three months of the year. And it's like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying that my husband and I were, we went out to brunch today and we were just sitting there reflecting on how 
the wintry, I guess the fall to winter months go by so fast. And then you hit like February and February up until like May just goes so slow. And we're like, oh my gosh, I want to savor these moments because this is our favorite time of the year. And then it's gone Mm -hmm. so quickly. So, Well, yeah, that's why I like the end of the year so much, but also the end of the year is so stressful because we have so many birthdays at the end of the year. Like you said, our anniversary is in October. So like there's a lot happening in a short amount of time. And so I feel like we're going to get barely any reading done, barely any filming done. So it's crazy. Do you want to ask the first question? Go ahead. (laughs) Oh, I was just going to say, that's exciting that your anniversary is in October. That's fun. It is fun. We, it's our five year this year. And um, so this episode should come out on Monday. And then that the following weekend or the coming up weekend um, is when we're going to take a four week a four day weekend. I wish it was a four weekend. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, Just all month. <laughs> yeah, we're taking a four day weekend to celebrate our anniversary. Because oh, I have to work the weekend so of our actual anniversary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, um... Go ahead. Oh no, you're good. I was just going to say, my husband and I started dating in October of my freshman year of college. So a very long time ago. Um, and so we all, we always get like nostalgic around this time of year. Cause it's when we first didn't first meet, but first started dating in this time oh, of year. Fun. And it's just fun. Mm-hmm. Nice. You want to ask the first question? Sure. All right. So for, well, yeah, the one that says one. <laughs> yeah, why are you struggling? <laughs> <laughs> all right. What made you start your bookstagram and booktube channel? What okay, never mind. Uh yeah, we'll go with that. What made you start your bookstagram and booktube channel? So I started it during the pandemic. I feel like that's everyone's answer or a lot of people's answers. Um I didn't have a ton of friends in college at that point because we were all just super isolated and I Actually, my love for reading rekindled right when lockdown started. I've always been a reader, but I kind of was never super consistent with it, especially in college. I just had so many assignments and I just didn't gravitate towards books until it was like break. Um, And so I read Pretty Girls by Karen Slaughter, which is like amazing book. Love it so much. And it kind of started up my love for books again. And so I started reading a lot. And then I decided, you know, come like November, I was like, why don't I just start making videos? Because I know there's people out there. I had been watching BookTube. I know there's people who enjoy what I enjoy. And I don't have anybody in real life, quote unquote, who I can talk to about this because A, people think I'm odd that I love horror and thrillers and like messed up books. Whenever I mentioned what I'm reading, they were always like, why are you reading that? Um, And so I was like, I know people like me exist. So I might as well just get on the internet and see what happens. And so I started and it's kind of the rest is history. Yeah. You started, so you started your books, uh, booktube first then? Yes. I started my booktube first. I guess my bookstagram, I've been trying to get a little better at being consistent. (laughs) 
But I am, it's so difficult to do that with Instagram and BookTube and Goodreads and like all these different platforms. So I guess my primary focus, like my first priority is my YouTube. And then I'm trying to get more consistent with Instagram. Uh, I just kind of recently made more of an aesthetic that I like. And I'm, I finally got there and I'm like, okay, (laughs) fall colors. We love it. Um, But yeah, so. I, I forgot what you're asking. <laughs> no, I was asking which one you started first. Also, Instagram is hard. It's hard to keep up with and it's hard to grow. Like it's like Instagram is such a beast in that way. Like um, we both, we actually both started on bookstagram first, which mm-hmm. actually was before the pandemic started by like a few months and then the pandemic started and he started his channel in September of 2020. So he was a pandemic channel too. But um, yeah, yeah, Instagram is really hard to keep up with. And you have to be, it's almost like you have to post every single day to like do anything on Instagram or like grow at all. I know it's discouraging because oftentimes like the posts I put more thought into get the least exposure. Exactly. I put this like long review of The Last Housewife by Ashley Winstead. Like I literally had to add in the comments, like continued caption because I wrote like this super long review on it because there's just so much stuff to talk about in that book. And yeah, it didn't get very much exposure because Instagram, the algorithm, it's always changing. And like you said, I think you kind of have to post like every day to really grow your account or every other day. And I don't know, I'm just not there yet, but hopefully one day, (laughs) hopefully I'll have like the, the time that I can dedicate. I did go down one day working at my coffee shop, so I would have more time to film and do YouTube stuff. So hopefully that will continue to help. Yeah. So you mentioned that your favorite genres are thriller and horror. What would you consider some of your favorite or like all-time favorite books in those genres? Of course. Right. So I love Pretty Girls by Karen Slaughter. That's like the first book that always comes to mind. Um, love that. I love They Never Learn by Lane Fargo. I just ate that book up. I was obsessed with it. Everything about it. It's a female serial killer who has, you know, revenge killings on these horrible men at a university. And one of my favorite tropes is dark academic settings and revenge. So it was perfect. I love that book. Um, I also love all of Gillian Flynn's books. I need to reread them because I read them... um, years ago, like four years ago. Um, and I read a lot, so I can't fully say that I would love them as much now, but I kind of think I would. I definitely loved dark objects and, or sorry, dark places and sharp objects. Um, what else? I love Confessions by Kane Minato. <laughs> yeah, oh. I switched up the words. Confessions is such a um, good book. Mm-hmm. I, I was preparing for this and I have like a whole page of titles. I'm trying to think of the most, the ones that stick out the most to me. Um, I love Stillhouse Lake by Rachel Kane. I feel like that is an underrated book. Um, love that one. I love I'm Thinking of Ending Things. I love In My Dreams I Hold a Knife by Ashley Winstead. The Night Swim by Megan Golden. Verity came, by Colleen Hoover. Ready. <laughs> I'm ready. I have like a whole list. Um <laughs> 
I have more, but those are like the ones that really, oh, of course, my love, Riley Sager. I love Riley Sager. Um, Home Before Dark and Lock Every Door are my favorites. Okay, cool. Yeah, those are mine. I <laughs> So you mentioned, um, I already forgot the name of the book. Yeah, my memory sucks. Um, what do you, you the, the one book where you and I differ in opinions. Oh, I'm thinking of anything. Yeah. So Danielle really likes that book. I uh-huh. do not like it. Survive the Night, <laughs> I really enjoyed, and Danielle really hated it. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's funny. <laughs> it's I, Survive Did the you Night. Like survive the Night. Okay, yes. So, before this year, I had loved every single book Riley Sager had put out because I just love his writing. I think he does atmosphere so well. I just, I'm never bored. Um, my favorites were Home Before Dark and Lock Every Door. I mean, they still are. Survive the Night I really enjoyed. I actually cried at the end, even though everyone was like surprised I did. I just, I liked the little twist at the end um, once you figure out what's going on. Yeah, I liked it. I know a lot of people were bothered by the unreliable narrator. I know it drove her not, or it drove them nuts. And like, they were screaming at her, like, why are you doing this? Use your common sense, like all of that stuff. That didn't really bother me because I just was like, oh, well, I like the story. <laughs> I don't know. It just didn't really bother me. Um, did it bother? Was that what bothered you so much about it? The ending. Yep. The ending. Yeah. I yeah. I and thought the twist the ending. ending was what made the story. <laughs> I really liked it. <laughs> but <laughs> it's nope. where we differ. It's just like with, uh, I still can't remember the title of the book. I'm thinking of anything. Yeah, I didn't. I think, yeah. I didn't click with that one. Um, the House Across the Lake. Did you read that one? And if you did, what was your take on that? Here's the tea on the House Across the Lake. It's about to be spilled. I was so y'all. disappointed. Yeah. I was so disappointed because. I thought this premise was so perfect. I was like, Riley Sager doing an isolated setting on this lake. It's going to be eerie. It's going to be great. But this main character, I can't remember her name. Was it like Casey or something? Who cares? I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> Whatever. Some name. The The main character in this, um, she drove me nuts. I just could not handle her. And... There, I don't know. And then it took like a little horror, like the twist kind of got a little horror-y, but I just felt like it didn't it really Casey. work. We have the book handy right next to us. <laughs> oh, it is Casey. Yay. Nice. Um, Look at you go. <laughs> it was just so out of pocket. I know people say that about a lot of his plot twists, especially uh, Lock Every Door, which I loved the plot twist in that one. Lock but Every I just Door thought- was a phenomenal book. I loved every second of that book. I know it, it's so good, and people get irritated by the plot twist in that one because they're like, "It came out of nowhere. It's ridiculous." I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, but for the house across the lake, I don't know. The plot twist just it didn't work for me. I didn't care about the characters. I thought it was super slow. I got an arc of it. Um, I don't know. Those are my thoughts. That's the tea. <laughs> <laughs> did you see? Him announce his new book. Did you see like the synopsis for it? 
Yes, I'm very excited because it's like a gothic isolated setting, which I think Riley Sager does the best, in my opinion. That's when I enjoy his books the most. I really hope it lives up to Home Before Dark and Lock Every Door, just because mm-hmm. those settings are unbeatable, in my opinion. I His books just have the best settings. And I feel like it's unpopular now to like Riley Sager because people just hated on survive the night and then the house across the lake is kind of like divisive but a lot of people are hating on it um did both of you read the house across the lake no i dnf'd it and i didn't read it so were you feeling the same way it was boring i i just did not like the character like the casey was just like she she was just annoying me i just like couldn't get into her like a like a main person to be following. I was like literally more intrigued with like the creepy neighbor that would just show up and like, be like, yeah, I'm working on your neighbor's house. I don't know you. Like, yeah, I would much (laughs) rather follow his perspective. Honestly, I was just, I was just like, all right, we get it. She's an alcoholic. Like you don't have to mention a drink every two seconds. I agree with that. It just felt, and it was very much, um, what was the book? It reminded me of another book so much. Um, it was made into a movie. It has a very awful author who pretended to have cancer. What was this book called? Hold on. Let me look at my Goodreads. It reminded uh, me a lot of a book. The author you know pretended what I'm talking to have about? cancer? Yes. For attention. Red flag. Um. <laughs> Oh, the, was it The Woman in the Window? Is that what I'm thinking? Oh, um, AJ Finn? Yes, yes, yes. The Woman in the Window. It had a very similar concept to The Woman in the Window. Um, unreliable narrator looking across the street, seeing something happen. I mean, it's very Rear Window-esque, very mm-hmm. Rear Window-inspired. But like you said, I just could not handle the character. And then the twist. Did you spoil yourself? For the twist, I won't obviously stay here. I had heard some things with the lake and like stuff like that. No, I'm 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 dumb, not stupid. I (laughs) literally, I like, I got, I I, the last thing I literally remember was, um, honestly, just her drinking. Like, I I can't remember (laughs) the last thing I read where it like didn't involve her and alcohol. But like, I can remind you of the twist later. But no, I I remember the twist. It was I can't say it, but like, I don't know. It seemed very odd. That's like the vibe everybody kept saying was like it just it felt like a twist that like twisted the wrong way. It was just like <laughs> weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a twist, but it twisted the wrong way. I love. I mean, that. that's the best way how I can probably put it. <laughs> Okay, so what would you consider your, like, hidden gem book is what we like to call it. So the book that no one ever talks about, but you really enjoyed. Okay, so this is a very random one. My mom was telling me she was in the library, and she just picked up this book, and it's called Lost by S.J. Bolton. And she started reading it. And it's like this British detective series, which I usually don't, you know, pick up detective-ish stuff. But she said, I read it and it was super disturbing. And I finished it and I realized it was like the third book in a series, but you could read it as a standalone. And so 
what this one is about is basically these bodies of these young boys are turning up on a beach and they're completely drained of their blood. And so there is a 10 year old boy who assumes that the killer is going to come to him next and target him. So you're following his perspective and you're also following a perspective of the detectives. And I can't remember, there may be one other perspective too, but basically I loved hearing from this kid's perspective because you get that kind of kid perspective in the way that they don't know everything that's going on, but they're also intelligent and they're maybe seeing things adults don't see. And the stakes are really high because he fits the MO perfectly. Um, and it's, it's a detective book, but it didn't feel too overly focused on the detective. So if you're not into detective books, I don't think it would turn somebody off from this. There are a few references to the characters, like you're already supposed to kind of know them a little bit, but I definitely feel like this can be a standalone and work. And I just thought it was really disturbing. And the twist at the end was super good. I did not see it coming. So I would highly recommend that one. And I don't, um, S.J. Bolton. And it's a little tricky because if you see the UK copy, it is called Like This Forever. So oh. it has two titles, but I can um, send this one to you on Instagram and maybe you can put it in, in the description or something so you can see, see the book. Yeah. But I really liked it. I read it a while ago, but I want to go and read the series. So We always both say the same book. Yours is always Hex. For underrated book or hidden gem book. Oh, well, I mean, I guess it would depend on... Or, like, I'm... the sleep experiment. You and I are both going different directions with this. Okay, maybe I don't know yours. What is it? <laughs> no, I was going to say, it depends on if we're talking a Stephen King or not. If we're talking King, then it's Christine. Oh, no, I'm talking, like, general. Like, Actually, Dreamcatcher. Everybody hates the heck out of Dreamcatcher, but I thought it was pretty dang good. Do you have a thriller, Hingem, or a horror? I feel like I said them, right? Oh yeah, Hex is good. I feel like people act. I feel like Hex isn't like a real true hidden gem. I would say the sleep experiment would be. That's by Jeremy Bates. But ooh, what is that? Is it about like experimenting on people in their sleep? So, <laughs> like, is uh, that a fair assumption? <laughs> no, and it's actually pretty darn graphic towards the end. Um, okay, basically, it's this like, it's like this. It starts out mentioning, like, this old, like, German thing from, like, the 40s, like, Nazi Germany or something like that. And they were trying to do, like, this sleep experiment where if they deprived people of sleep, they wanted to see what they would do. And Mm -hmm. basically, they just went absolutely nuts. And they, like, like, nobody survived. Like, the doctors got killed. Like, everyone died. And so, Mm. modern day, this guy's like, I'm going to recreate that. And nothing's going to go wrong. And uh, yeah, no, that's <laughs> definitely not how it goes. But it's, that sounds interesting. It's a really interesting concept, and it's the first book I ever read by this guy. He's got a couple, and I would say this was the first one I did. I have a couple that I want to read, but I would definitely say that the Sleep Experiment by Jeremy Bates is a pretty hidden gem. I would say because I feel like not a lot of people talk about it, and if they do, they're not talking to me. <laughs> I have never heard of it, I don't think. Maybe like vaguely, a vague memory, but no, no clear memory. 
<laughs> yes. Exactly. It's a hidden gem. And mine, yeah. I always say, is a thriller by DJ Palmer, and it's called... <laughs> Sorry, I, I thought you were going to say DJ Khaled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, he's writing thrillers, you know. He, he wrote, <laughs> it's a thriller called Another One. Um, I know, I was like... <laughs> Okay, it's The Lost Husband by DJ Palmer. It's the one I always say. I still feel like no one's reading it, but I really Oh, I remember it. this one now. I read it and I had him read it right away because I was like, this is pretty good. I was like literally in the middle of a book and you said, stop <laughs> reading your book and read this one. And I was like, okay. It's really good. It's and a little bit you rate it. What was that? Did you both enjoy it? Obviously, Danielle loved it. She gave it, I think, a five. I think I might have given it a four. I think it was okay. just because I couldn't stand one of the little kids. It was a little long. That sounds terrible, but like, I, they're like it's one of the very valid. One of the kids, I just like literally could not like stand. I'll give a little bit of a plot, a short little uh, thing going here. So it's about this family. It's a mom and two kids, and the husband slash dad is presumed dead like two years prior and she now mm-hmm. has like a new fiance and the one of the kids is you know like fine with him and then the other one is super turned off by him super sketched out by him and all this stuff so you're trying to figure out why she is like turned off by him and then you're also trying to figure out what happened to the husband and as you say, it's a, it's, it's a daughter and a son. The, the, I, know, older, I think it was the daughter who didn't, the like older the daughter's the one who like did not like him. And then the younger son is the younger son's the one I couldn't stand. Cause he was just like, huh, yeah, I like this guy. And it's like, um, you probably should. <laughs> um, but I thought the guy was like a close family friend. I thought he was like a family friend. And then like when he passed, like, Oh, I stepped in to like try and help mom out and things. Well, yeah. Escalated. So no, you're I wrong. Thought, but oh, okay. <laughs> we're gonna get into twist territory, so we're gonna cut you off right there, friend. Um, and these twists are good twists. <laughs> okay. So, what are some books that have been on your TBR the longest? Maybe you're intimidated by them, or you just haven't figured out a reason to pick them up. Okay, so the one that just comes to mind is It by Stephen King. I actually (laughs) haven't read It. Um, I tried, this is my problem, I think. (laughs) I tried to read it in a very stressful period of my life because we were moving across the country. And I was like, oh, this is a great idea. I'll have so many hours to read in the car because we are moving from Texas to Wisconsin. Um, bad idea because (laughs) moving is stressful. And so I never ended up really reading it while we were in the car. And by the time we were here, I just wanted something that would be super easy to like put on an audiobook. And so then it turned fall and I am determined to read it in the summer. So I would say I need to read it. Um, That's probably the book that has been on my TBR for the very longest. And I've known I've wanted to read it. And then I just didn't get to it this summer. But that is probably my answer. I've got, yes, I mean, I can't spoil <laughs> anything, but it's October. Could be. You're rereading it. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Well, last last October, I did four Stephen King rereads to see how they'd like stack up, like re-ranking them and like whatever. And this mm-hmm. year, I was like, okay, well, I like I skipped on and reading it last year, so I want to do it again this year. And so the problem is like she's a chunker, so like yes, it's I not know. like I could read the- four books and it being one of them. So I was like, all right, well, let me do it for sure. And then I'll try and figure out the other ones. And then like, it started getting way too close to crunch time here. And so we basically said, all right, well, we're just going to read the other options I was going to do instead. But uh, spoiler, if you listen to this and watch my YouTube channel, it is going to be the reread for this is October. So get excited for that. Um, that's probably going to happen during our four, four day weekend. Cause it's probably going to be how long it's going to take. So Yep. I would Pretty love much. to parsis to part I cannot speak. <laughs> I tried to say Same. participate and it did not come out of my mouth. I would love to participate in that. I just have so many commitments this October that I'm like, I don't know how I can do it. You know, with all the books I'm trying to read and all the prompts I'm trying to meet. Because the audiobook is like fifty hours, right? Um wow. it is like forty 40- 445 the stand is like 48 or 49 okay but yeah it is it's staggering staggering. right (laughs) it's a daunting task to read it man like i i don't remember who it was but somebody did a video like i read it in one day and i'm like how the hell did you do that like (laughs) that's like at three times speed. I'm like, that's like at four times the speed. And like, you can understand maybe every like other fifth word. I could never, my speed is usually between two and like 2.2. If I go past that, then I don't, I feel like I'm not remembering things or actually like taking it. He can listen to audiobooks way faster than I can. Well, yeah. Can yeah what is your speed that you go at? Um, it depends for me. It depends on the narrator. Um, like Frank right. Miller, who does the first couple Dark Tower books, I can get him around. I can only really listen to him at like 2.2, 2.3 at like the max. But if I get someone who can go slow enough, I actually just finished a book where I was up near almost like 2.7. And like I was able See, to like understand the first thing. <laughs> okay, here's some tea. I really don't like when people look down on others for reading fast because I've had people say that they're like, you're not retaining anything. And I think it just depends like on the person and the narrator, because like you're saying, Danielle, I can, I don't go past the point where I can't retain it. So like if somebody can retain it at three times the speed, like that's awesome, you know? So I I've seen four times. Of course, I don't think anybody can do (laughs) <laughs> but um yeah i've seen that going around on booktube sometimes where they're we're all getting comments like oh how could you enjoy the audiobook like you're recommending this audiobook how can you even enjoy it if you're listening to it sped up but you can still hear the narrator's inflections and emotion at that speed you just have to find what works for you definitely i just think um well i know like who are some people like i know I watch uh, Chandler Ainsley on YouTube and I know that she can read audiobooks at like three times speed, but she's also a really fast talker. So it makes a little bit of sense, but I'm like jealous. I'm like, I wish I could listen to audiobooks that fast and still be able to like take it all in and everything. But 
I would never enjoy the book. Me too. Doing that. <laughs> Me so, too. Yeah. Let's switch switch gears to book. <laughs> None of us are okay. <laughs> Switching gears to YouTube. What are your favorite videos to watch on YouTube or on BookTube? My favorite videos are probably recommendation videos based on tropes. I love that. Um, so actually, I would say trope recommendation videos. And then what was the other one I was thinking of earlier? I do like vlogs if I just want to relax. And I love wrap ups, I would say hearing everybody's thoughts. I'm laughing though, because I'm well, and I'm internally laughing at myself because I'm very bad at filming wrap ups, and I want to get better at it. Um, But I really love hearing wrap ups and recommendation videos and vlogs, I would say, are my top. Wrap-ups are hard to film because if I read a book, like this happened last month, um, August, I read a book and finished it literally on August 1st and 31 days later, like, I don't remember much unless it was my favorite read of the month or anything. And so they're hard to film. <laughs> and honestly, because my memory sucks so much, I literally decided to just start making recent reads videos as opposed to monthly wrap up videos. Cause then I can get three or four done yeah. and I've read them within like a week or two. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I can remember this. But like, just like Danielle said, like literally if I start, if I finish a book on the first of a month and I got to talk about it again, let alone a month later, I'm like, yeah, there was a, a guy and he um, did this. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel the same way. I do. I would definitely lump in recent reads with wrap ups. That's like the same thing in my mind. I really enjoy mm-hmm. watching those as well. Yeah. What do you, do you have a favorite video that you've made on your channel or um, one that just really stands out to you? I know, like, we asked the same question to. Um, Erin, our friend Erin Megan on YouTube, and I kind of already knew her answer before I asked, but obviously she said it was um, her Darcy Coates ranking video because yeah, of course, insane about Darcy Coates. So it's like I, I really, I'm, I'm reading Gallows Hill right now. I just started it, but I don't even count myself as reading it yet because I read like two pages because I, (laughs) it was at night and I was tired um but i cannot wait to keep reading because the setup is nice already like three pages in it's great um so my favorite video would be my all-time favorite thrillers um because i kind of do i put it into categories so i do like isolated setting reunion tropes what else is in there um dark academic wrecks all of that. So I, I timestamp it and I took a lot of time to kind of clump together books by trope. So I'm, I'm really proud of that video. It's like 50 minutes long. It's my longest sit down video I've ever done. I think I recorded for like three hours. I edited for so long. Um, but yeah, I'm really proud of that video. That's the one that stands out the most to me. What are your favorite tropes in thrillers and horror? Mine would probably be, um, I really like locked room thrillers probably is what i would say yeah yeah pretty much i mean i my thriller recommendations and books i read is basically based off whatever she pretty much suggests for me to read (laughs) so yes i i guess we have the same 
taste, but some books she likes, I don't. Some books I like, she doesn't. So, Right. It's like that with my husband because he doesn't read as much as me and he only listens to audiobooks. He doesn't physically read because of his job. He can turn them on. Um, and so I will recommend to him books. So what he likes is pretty similar to what I like, minus kind of like the the drama. I like a lot of the drama in the thrillers and he's like, eh, don't really care for that. But I would say my favorite is isolated settings. Oftentimes isolation has the locked room trope where people are getting picked off and it's you're suspecting different people there. Um, I love revenge thrillers. I That's a fun one for me. And I really love dark academic vibes in my thrillers. So I guess setting is just very important. Atmosphere and setting. I am not really a domestic thriller gal. I don't tend to read those that much unless there's like a really disturbing kind of like interesting vibe. I'm not so much like, oh, my husband's cheating on me. And then I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a really basic sounding (laughs) domestic thriller that I hear like 24 seven when I'm, when I'm looking for thrillers. Um, And then there's another woman and then somebody, somebody dies. I'm, I'm not as interested in that kind of premise. So that was a very long answer, but isolated settings, (laughs) dark academia. And um, what was the other thing I said? Revenge. That was it. Is there a video concept you've you've come up with that fell through the cracks or a video that you really want to do but can't figure out the books to feature or how to make it happen? A video concept that I've really been wanting to do is finding the best blank. So like finding the best haunted house book, finding the best, you know, category of book, basically like best isolated setting book. Um but specifically the best haunted house book. I think my um, apprehension to it is that I don't want to read all of these books and get tired of the trope I like. I don't want to ruin a trope for myself by like reading everything in that trope for a video. So Mm -hmm. I think it's a video I'll still do, but I'll probably just have to limit the books and not choose like 10, maybe choose like five. So I don't burn myself out. Um, So that's kind of a video that I've been putting off a little bit. Um, Can't really think of any other concept specific. I like videos like that on BookTube where it's like centered around. So I guess I like themed blogs, I suppose. Um, I like when you're just trying to um, talk about one trope at a time. So one that I can think of recently was reading Riley just did one where she read three cult books and she read the last housewife which i watched um because i wanted to see her review for it but i like videos Mm -hmm. like that where you're just focused on one trope at a time and um so you should do that video concept that you just talked about (laughs) i would love to uh, maybe don't start with the haunting of hill house hot take we i hated that one oh i hated it one star <laughs> I didn't even One finish time. it. I couldn't. You DNF'd it like three times. I have. I the drama. Didn't even think I gave it a rating. I just read it and I was like, "Yeah, this exists." Pretty much. Yeah. It. The problem is, I get that it was influential, right? Like, I understand it was great. It was scary for the time. I get it. I do not live in that time. I am not scared of nothing happening. Like, <laughs> what happened? That was scary. I could not tell you. 
It's I don't know. I, I don't know. Like whatever. Yeah. I I <laughs> truly have started it three different times and I haven't made it past like chapter three because I'm just like, I don't care. I like, feel ashamed that Liam Neeson had to suffer and be in that film. I've never seen the film and I don't think I want to. Owen Wilson's in I it too. Seen it. Really? Owen Wilson? Owen Wilson's in it too. In a horror oh, no. movie? Maybe I should. Yeah. I, was I, it bad? Well, that's the other thing, too, is like I had seen this movie that supposedly was somewhat similar to the book, and I'm like reading it, and I'm like, where the hell's the connection? I, like, they're two completely different things. Like, I get like Owen Wilson's character, he played like the rich, snobby dude. And so it's like, okay, cool. Liam Neeson was like the scientist guy. Okay, cool. And like in the movie, <laughs> like I basically didn't read it, so this doesn't mean much to me. <laughs> but like, there's like I don't know in the movie the there's a scene with Owen Wilson, and it's just like stupid. Like Liam Neeson, like there's just, they show Liam Neeson like running after him because like Owen Wilson's character is getting dragged by like a rug or something like that. And you could just see in Liam Neeson's eyes, he's just like I don't want to be fucking doing this anymore. Like <laughs> I'm just done. Yeah. I, this film is just over. All right. I've never had an urge to watch that ever. I will say the TV show, which is nothing like it. (laughs) The TV show, which is nothing like it, is awesome. Love it. Yeah, I've heard good things. All right. We might have to skip a couple questions here. Let's go to this one. So you started a really awesome book club on your booktube and you have an instagram for it what made you feel like it was time to start one and do you have a dream guest that you want to have on what does the future look like for the book club any big goals all the questions yeah so i started the book club last year and what made me want to start it i just had this feeling of like it's time (laughs) it's a very vague answer but I don't know. I just felt like I wanted to start a book club because it lets you kind of connect a little bit more personally to subscribers because you get to have more in-depth conversations. Um, Because I do a lot of reading sprints and I love doing reading sprints, but you can't, you know, get into the nitty gritty of a book and really talk about it because you can't spoil it for everybody else who is there. So I wanted to be having those spoilery conversations with co-hosts, but also subscribers. Um, For goals for a future guest, I actually would love to interview authors at some point. I don't know if that'll happen, but I would absolutely love to talk to Ashley Winstead Um, whenever she puts out a new book. I think it would be really cool to have her on. I don't know how, if that would happen, but that's a that's a dream guest of mine, just author wise. I also think talking to Kirsten Modlin would be really fun. Um, oh yeah, she's a thriller author. Yeah, she's a thriller author. She puts out like so many books a year. She only started uh, putting out books like five years ago, I believe, and she has like thirty books out. Um, she does. Have I'm a not lot a of fan work. of. Yeah, I'm not a fan of all of them. Like, I definitely have some favorites. I haven't read all of her books um, nearly. My favorite is The Reunion. It's like a reunion trope kind of thing where 
it's this um, author going to her high school reunion and she goes a little bit earlier so she can try to get inspiration for her book. And then sort of sinister things start happening. It's very, it has a lot of flashbacks to high school. And I think a lot of people didn't like that in the book. And so if you people have read it from my recommendation and have really disliked it, I personally loved it. I don't know. For me, I was trying to figure out what it is with me because sometimes I get really annoyed by YA or like high school elements in books. And then other times I love it. And I don't know what the difference is. I really, truly don't. But sometimes it just works for me. So um, love the reunion by her. She also uh, wrote Just Married, which was really good. It's like this isolated setting where this couple goes to have this like romantic getaway in a cabin um, in the woods. And then it has sort of a home invasion-y feel in the beginning, which really scared me. Oh. (laughs) So I think it'd be really cool to talk with her. Um, Yeah. Also, the book club is called Lights Out Book Club. (laughs) We didn't mention that. (laughs) I realized I started talking and then I do this thing where I start talking and then it just kind of like derails and it just goes everywhere. (laughs) So, yes, it's called the Lights Out Book Club. We do monthly book picks. Um, I'm going to start announcing book club picks and co-host way more far in advance. My goal is to do it three at a time. I feel like a lot of people do that and it works well with book clubs. So. Yes. As a fan of your book club, I also subscribe to that idea. <laughs> Thank you. I, like and I was going to ask y'all if you wanted to be. Oh, I like go ahead. the Sorry. books um, I ha- like months ahead of time, but I yeah. totally get that uh, when like you haven't, I would probably like lose track of time and be that way too. Um, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was also hoping you guys would maybe be a co-host for it. I was going to ask you if in the future you'd like to be. (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) If we have to. (laughs) We definitely would. Do you want to do this one? Yay. Okay, I'll do it. No, I got this. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right. So, wait, you pointed at that one or that one? All right. So to wrap it all up, what are your bookish goals in general? Is there something you really want to do in regards to your channel, like a Patreon, doing BookTube full-time eventually? Do you have any dream collabs for your BookTube channel? Any of that? Yeah. So my ultimate goal with BookTube is to be able to have it be, you know, a bigger source of income for me so I can film more and not have to work at a coffee shop job anymore. So I do teach. So I love teaching. It's a huge passion of mine. So I always want to do that. But then I also want my other main kind of thing to be booktube. Um, And I am going to, I haven't really announced this yet, but I am throwing around the idea of a Patreon. Um, It's going to happen. I'm thinking it's going to happen when I hit 5,000 subscribers. Um, and I have some fun ideas for that. One I will share. I want to do more reading sprints in general because I, I feel like a big part of my channel is reading sprints. I just really enjoy doing them. Okay. So yeah. That was one I of would my love questions to do. <laughs> that I skipped over. I okay. literally wrote, this is exactly the wording that I wrote down <laughs> for the question. You kind of have made weekly reading sprints a key part to your channel. <laughs> and then I asked a bunch yes, of Yes, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are like the reading yeah. queen like every week. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um you know, it's difficult on YouTube to put out 
consistent content when you're so busy. And that's something that I've struggled with. But reading sprints are so nice because you can show up for them. You can have a ton of fun with people. You can connect with subscribers. But then, you know, you don't have to edit afterwards, which is super nice. And so I love doing them. I I haven't really paid attention to that, but I guess, do they? Yeah, because, well, as long as you... You have to go, <laughs> you have to go back and monetize it. Oh yeah. I always have to go and check before I go live that it's monetized because it like doesn't, it automatically unmonetizes it. It's weird. I don't know why it does that. So you always have to make sure to go back and monetize it. But the one thing with going live mm-hmm. that I always have the fear of is like saying something that's like, all right, well that's out there now. I can't like unsay that. I can't edit that out. <laughs> So yeah. It's like- yeah, I I agree. I feel like for me, I'm very good at. I, I don't know what it is. It's maybe it's because I teach. I'm good at. It's so funny. I'm good at just censoring myself with not even knowing I'm doing it. Like I just I go into a mode. I just have to. I am too. That's always how I've been. I've been performing. So I started playing violin when I was six. So I'm very used to quote unquote performing. It's not like I'm not being myself. It's just Mm -hmm. natural for me to be like, okay, I'm in front of people right now. I'm not going to, I'm going to think a little bit more. It is, but I'm always really natural in my reading sprints too. I never feel like I'm not being myself. I just censor myself a little bit more, but I agree. I am nervous to say something one day that like sounds wrong or something when I don't mean it. Because in my everyday life, I sometimes say things and people are like, what? Like they just get confused. It's they're never offended, but they're just confused because sometimes my train of thought is like all over the place. Um, so I get that fear. I do, but I guess I'm just really used to it because I've been doing it for more than a year, like every single week. So yeah, I, don't I agree know. with you though because I grew up with younger um, siblings. Like there's a, I have a brother and sister who are younger than me, and they're like seven years younger than me so I always not that I was like swearing at the ripe age of seven or anything but um (laughs) because of them I always like was watching what I'd say and then I started babysitting like as early as like it was normal so like junior high and then I went into nannying up until like a couple years ago I was still nannying and so I always I have a pretty natural like filter. Like I'm good at knowing like who I'm around and my surroundings and stuff like that. So I am he's like, not. I'm like almost <laughs> the complete complete opposite. Like I it, it yeah. yeah. But we have we have safe words and it's usually like banana. Yeah, that it's like kind of <laughs> I weird. Love we it. literally will like as soon as we're about to like say a swear, we'll just like cover it up with like a funny word or something like that. We'll be like, Oh son of a banana. Yeah, banana is usually, like, the word that we go for. Because instead of, yeah, like, if we're going to say son of a bitch, it's, like, son of a banana or, like... Fudge for the obvious. That's hilarious that it's just banana. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I never thought of that, too. My family is very strict. They're a very strict family. So I I grew up being very filtered around my family. (laughs) Because I have a younger brother, too. My dad tried. Um, (laughs) It didn't work. (laughs) He tried to censor you. It didn't work. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, 
It's weird. I think the biggest thing for me is just the fact that I've been quote unquote performing in front of people forever, basically my whole life. I don't remember not doing that because I started when I was so young. So I guess it just works pretty naturally. Sometimes I'll embarrass myself. I will. But then I'm just like, you know, (laughs) nothing I can do about it. So, oh, I will say my biggest fear is like having my um, mic on when I think it's muted. That is my biggest fear. Oh, because you just don't know what will be heard. I mean, because like sometimes I'll go on my phone and just like loud, like music will start playing from Instagram or something or you know, it's just unpredictable. So or share, that or is a fear share your mine. name. <laughs> yeah, share my name. Share my secrets. I don't really talk to anybody, though, when I'm live. Share, share I'm your alone, address. So. <laughs> share my address. Randomly just talk to myself about my address. Yeah. There you go. Okay, last question. Can, could you see yourself writing a book? If so, do you have, like, a concept or a twist that you... um you know, like have stored in your head that you'd want to use one day? Or do you just have one in general, even if you wouldn't write a book? So I've always wanted to write a book. Keyword is want. (laughs) It's like a concept I would love to do. But my thing is I feel nervous to do a whole fleshed out plot. Like I'll get an idea for like a scene or a twist or whatever. But then the thought of making it a whole book is intimidating. So I would love to write something. I would probably start with like a novella or a short story just to see if it's something that I can do. Um, but yeah, I would love to do that at some point. Um, well, writing a not, book no is promises. hard. And his problem, mm-hmm. he is currently writing a book right now, but yeah. his problem, which he knows it's a problem, <laughs> is that he's very heavily influenced by tv by movies by stephen king and so he like has like the twist planned out but then like some of the plot will be like really close to something that's in a different book and so it's like like he has the original concept that's different but then putting like the other pieces together it's like oh this sounds just like the shining all of a sudden yeah or like stranger (laughs) yeah it's like right so and he's I, just so heavily influenced like that. I totally, totally agree. And I think that's something that every person who wants to write a book faces or yeah. anything creative. Um, my husband composes music and he talks a lot about how if you listen to movie soundtracks or video game composition, you'll hear the influences. They're clear it's impossible to make anything fully unique. So it's that delicate balance of like what you're saying, having it be unique, but then knowing how to use your influences with your own voice. I think maybe the voicing is the biggest um, thing, like your own unique writer's voice. I mean, yeah, for me, besides like the influence of like other medias around me, like I can't spell. His grammar is always difficult. My grammar is not that good, uh, which I don't even know if I said that correctly. My grammar's not that good. <laughs> my my grammar works, is right? well. And so it's like. He's really bad because I like went through 
there was one morning we were randomly sitting here and I was like reading his book back to him and his big thing is like commas. He's not, he's not good with a comma. <laughs> oh, I am so bad at commas. My husband, when he would like proofread papers, he would be like, you never use commas. I'm like, I know. <laughs> and he would have I to think- add in like all of the commas. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I, think I'm- I use them too much. I'm like, all right, comma. Really? Okay. Yeah. You don't use them enough. I think I use them oh. too much. I'm always like, oh, comma there. That feels right. <laughs> I'm also really crappy with quotes. Because, like, at the end of, like, saying, like, somebody says something that's, like, John said. And it's like, okay, do I put a period after that? And then he's going to say more? Or do I just say more? Like, I've, I, like, don't so know. It is so confusing. And yeah, so that I, is I, very yeah, true. I sucked in school when it came to literature. That was my weak point. I was better with math. <laughs> well, um, if you write a novella, we'll support it and we'll buy it. Oh, <laughs> you know, actually, I am just also don't make it controversial. Ultra nervous. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> I'm pretty. I feel like yeah, I would not do anything controversial. And also, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. Yeah, way to go, Zach. Um, You're welcome. No, no, no. It's not your fault. This is me every day, all, all the time, <laughs> 24-7. I always get to, I'm like, oh, there's a bird outside. What was I saying? <laughs> well, that's how I was um, writing my book. It's like. saying something about. I don't know. I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. You probably remember probably when wasn't we that profound. recording. Probably. I'm sure it wasn't that profound if I already lost my train of thought. It's probably nothing. It was, it was profound. Probably nothing important that. whatsoever. I, have oh, I remember. I was going to say, now I'm super nervous to write anything and share it because I know creators on BookTube and I'm nervous that they'll hate it or they'll lie and be like, it's awesome. And it's actually trash. So I'm like, (laughs) I want people to be honest, but then I also don't want people to be honest because then I'll probably cry. So I'm a sensitive human. I've listened to like numerous interviews with like authors and stuff like that. Obviously the biggest one is Stephen King. And one of the things that I always like just go off of is like, write a book that you would like and write it. And you can say, all right, I wrote something I liked and this is something I've Mm -hmm. wanted to see done. And you wrote it. But also just like I said, just writing a book is like an accomplishment in itself because it's so hard. So like if someone else like that's why I hate reviewing a book so poorly, just because I'm like. I mean, they somebody wrote a book, took somebody took so. the time to write it and this and that. And but it's some like, books just, you know, you got to be honest. the lost right, village. <clears throat> that was in my ear. So um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so um, much for coming on the podcast. This has been thank like you for several, having me. Yeah, this has been several months in the works. We actually scheduled this like earlier this year, and then. Our schedules weren't lining up. It was mainly our fault. We got super busy. It's okay. <laughs> and then we circled back around. And then so. we just stopped doing podcasts entirely for a couple of months. So right. now we're so back. Anyway, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I look forward to all of the things you have going on in October thank and of you. Course, the rest of the year. And we'd love to thank have you for you having me. Again. Uh, yeah. And we would like to be a guest on your uh, uh, monthly thing. Yeah, I would love that. (laughs) It's okay. Words are difficult. Really. Really And And I'm trying to write a book. So anyway, like words are hard on Monday. And so we'll send you the link to it or whatever. But 
yeah, follow Savannah everywhere because she's pretty awesome and she has good taste in books. So thank you. And well, we'll y'all are you. awesome too. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll see you next week in next week's episode. Bye. 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 <laughs>